Uh, would you care to share the text message you sent me yesterday? That was in confidence. <laughs> we'll put it this way, folks. Amy sent me a text message with particular wording that made me think my phone had had a stroke and mixed her up with my husband. Yes, and said wordings were, Hulk's titties are huge. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madness Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. Hey, everybody. We are back. Yay. Thank you, everybody, for the well wishes after my third jab. I am doing fine. And I think, just maybe, got some superpowers going on. What about you, Abe? I certainly hope I have some superpowers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like between the three shots and watching as much Marvel content as we do, there has to be at least some kind of osmosis here. Yep, I agree. Agree. And the TV gives out gamma radiation. That's not true. <laughs> Just saying that. That's not true. <laughs> you sound like the Riddler. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Jim Carrey's Riddler anyway. That atrocity. Uh, so since I was down last week, we promised you guys we were going to cover episodes two and three of What If Today. So we will start out with T'Challa. Or should we call him Star-Lord? Or something else entirely? Either works. I personally loved the look of the episode. It was so beautiful. Yes, it was visually stunning. So much so that my golden retriever, who's normally next to me on the couch watching and just sleeping or just having his head on my lap, he was watching with rapt attention the entire time. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was to the point where I'm like, did he get a script? Does he know about Cosmo the Space Dog? And that's what he's waiting for. If you got a script, buddy, tell mommy how. Yeah, help us. Come on. We're the ones who give you the food. Well, you what do. What is this we? Yeah, that's why I said, well, you do. <laughs> yeah, and the animation was on point again. Yeah, perfect. So I did have some problems with it. As far as the story goes, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I found myself wishing that they had made this the first episode and not Captain Carter, because even though it's an anthology series, like your first episode still is going to set a tone of some sort for people, whether it's conscious or unconscious. You know what I mean? Right. Captain Carter set an expectation for me of holy shit this could be a live action movie. And I think a lot of people felt the same way. Mm -hmm. And this episode kind of lacked that realism. Uh, it was a lot more cartoonish. Well, it is a cartoon. And I disagree with you about probably having this as the first episode, purely because I love Captain Carter and I would want to see her as long as possible. But I do feel like there is a distinctive change in the tone from the first episode to the second. Oh, absolutely. The first was more of a retelling by just replacing one character and how that had a domino effect. And this one, there's a larger change in the world as a whole. 
you know, like when we have the confrontation with the collector, we see Cap's shield and Mjolnir and Korg's arm over there. So there's a lot of unanswered questions in this world. Like how did replacing Peter Quill with T'Challa change so much in the world? And also we don't quite know where does this episode fall in the timeline from what we are aware of? Because there's so many questions, especially with Thor and the lack of Gamora and all of that. Yeah, and I have no problem with there being major changes. For me, the issue was the execution of it. So they definitely went for more of a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe in terms of the writing. That's for sure. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah. But the problem was, when I say lack of realism and more cartoonish, it's that T'Challa's character is lacking what made Captain Carter such a great episode. He doesn't go through anything. There's no struggle. There's no conflict. And as far as all those changes go, it was quite a large pill to swallow that one person could change all of these people, including Thanos himself, and turn him into a quasi-good guy. It was too much. I think there was conflict and a chance for T'Challa's character to change or grow. There were opportunities, like the reveal that Wakanda wasn't destroyed. Yes, I agree. Yes. So I do think that the opportunity was there, but writers chose not to focus on it, which I think is a shame because Chadwick Boseman was fantastic and he would have played that conflict wonderfully. Yeah, that part specifically was a big problem for me. Like, dude... You're not even the slightest bit upset with Yondu and the Ravagers? Like, it's all good? Nobody's that forgiving. To a certain extent, I think that they tried to give T'Challa a, a Buddhist philosophy in that sense. I felt like there were, that there were references to Buddhist philosophy in a way in his behavior, which I understand. But in that philosophy, there is struggle. Mm-hmm. Simply accepting a situation is passive, which I mean, yes, Buddhism does believe in nonviolence and stuff like that, but the inner conflict is still there and it's getting through that conflict and accepting or changing what it is that you don't accept is a core belief of it, you know? Yeah, and when you make a character as flawless as T'Challa is here, you box yourself into a corner and you take away opportunities for growth. It's kind of like the Superman problem, you know? Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's more character. It's not about powers. I think the problem here wasn't that T'Challa was perfect. It's that his growth to reach the stage he is at this point in this episode was done off screen. Oh, that's a good point. You know? So Mm. had we seen a little more of that conflict, it would be more more real for us as people. That's a really good point. Like if we had seen him have heart to hearts, build these relationships with these other characters so we could see them change too. Yeah. It's not earned basically, I guess is what we're saying. Yeah. I think if we had a season of T'Challa as Star-Lord, it would have been fantastic for us to reach this episode as a finale. But 
the time wasn't there. Yeah, so that's part of the reason the story didn't land for me. The other is because I just couldn't really connect with this whole Embers of Genesis thing. There wasn't a basis for this in the MCU. So it I was wholly unfamiliar with it. That's fine. I mean, so many other things might come up moving forward that doesn't have a basis in the MCU. I get that. Okay, this was, as you say, the MacGuffin of the episode. Mm-hmm. So that's perfectly fine. I had no problem with that. What I did have a problem with was Nebula. Yeah, why did she need to be a sexy blonde siren? So this is the thing. I was very conflicted about her. On one hand, yes, you know, it took us a second to recognize her. And frankly, I recognized her only after seeing the eye and T'Challa called her Nebula. Right. My biggest conflict with Nebula was... We know Nebula from the MCU and we know she's she's damaged. She's been through so much shit, you know. She has a lot of trauma and she's a very hard person, if you know what I mean. Good word. Yep. Almost spiky in a way. So and we have had zero hints of her being on the more feminine side, whereas in this episode... She is this blonde bombshell and very, very feminine. And I understand that she hasn't gone through everything that our Nebula did in the MCU. And this is kind of giving us a message that women who are feminine and, you know, glamorous and beautiful don't have trauma, whereas women who are more like the MCU Nebula more hardened and not quite interested in glamorizing themselves are like that because of their trauma. So beautiful women equals shallow. That is an excellent point. When I realized it was her, the first thing that jumped into my mind was Android Barbie. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. I did realize it was Nebula as soon as I heard the voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was Karen Gillan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's hard to tell because these other voice actors they're getting are really good. And like, for example, for episode three, I missed Michael Douglas in the credits. So when we meet Hank Pym, I was like, is that him? Is that not him? Because this is spot on if it's not. Yeah, the voice acting in this episode and the series so far as a whole has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Michael Rooker and Jaiman Hansu knocked it out of the park here. Oh, yeah. It was nice to hear Sean gone again, too. Yeah, yeah. I had kind of forgotten about him, but yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, that dude playing Drax really did sound like Dave Bautista. He did. Yes. It's a shame they didn't get him for whatever reason. I had to check because I thought that was actually him and it was not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good. It was nice to see him there just for just for like a couple of seconds as well. Yeah, especially knowing that in this universe, his wife and daughter are still alive. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 perfect. That's fantastic. Poor guy. And it was fantastic to see how with the dark. I enjoyed Seth Green playing him. I'll say that much. I didn't really feel one way or another about Howard the Duck. Yeah, but I mean, it was fun. When I saw Seth Green's name in the credits, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
while T'Challa was running away and trying to escape, he found the Wakandan ship and he saw his dad's message. I really like that, especially the bit where he says, I hope we meet either in this plane or the next. That got me. Yeah. Yeah. And even at the end of the episode, we have the reunion. That was nice. You know, finally, at least his dad got closure and T'Challa was able to see his family again after thinking that they'd been dead for God knows how long. I was doing okay for the whole episode. And then the dedication came on and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice dedication. Yes, it was. It was lovely. And there's one thing I really, really appreciated in this episode. Which is? Is that having T'Challa as Star-Lord as opposed to Peter Quill made the universe so much better, which makes so much sense. (laughs) Amy has feelings. Yes, I do. (laughs) Peter Quill has never been my favorite character and Infinity War just kind of sealed the deal for me. She's being kind, everyone. Tony did not have to die. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Peter fucking Quill. (laughs) One day, everybody, when we eventually get to the Guardians movies, don't ask no idea of when we're going to do that. You will hear Amy's full feelings (laughs) on on Mr. Quill. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. You might need to lower the volume because I might get a bit high (laughs) and I think it was absolutely perfect for Peter Quill to be working as a janitor I presume at uh, Dairy Queen Yeah, that's that's what what he's capable of and that is what he's good at (laughs) alright on that cheerful note we will continue with our thoughts (laughs) on episode 3 after this word from the Online Warriors podcast Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. All right, onward to episode three. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Yeah, so... Episode one was covering one movie, which was absolutely insane, breakneck speed. Episode two was covering about two movies, I think, for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah. Now, episode three is covering almost the entirety of MCU phase one. Yeah, this was totally unexpected. Yeah, it was. And I'm concerned about what's going to happen in the next episode. Like, are we going to do the entire Infinity Saga? I have no idea. But for Ep3, they had me at the fucking description. Marvel and a serial killer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a fantastic episode. We have a murder mystery through the entire phase one, which was great. It was like a game of Clue. Like Or like one of those <laughs> locked room murder mystery weekends. It was. It's been ages since I played that game. Me too. Yeah, it kind of was. And when I was watching this episode, I just thought this is 
Fury's big week, which it is, but in the upside down world. Yeah. Yeah. Fury's day out. <laughs> Fury's week out. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fury's big week. You know about that, right? No. Fury's big week is a one shot in one of the DVD extras or Blu-ray extras called Fury's big week, wherein the Incredible Hulk, Thor and Captain America all happened in one week. These three movies happened in one week. Oh, that's a bit of stress. Yeah. And there was a comic series continuing that, like from Fury's point of view, how these movies happen simultaneously. Oh, and Iron Man 2 was in the same week. Not Captain right. America, Iron Man 2. Okay, I didn't realize that. You know, it's kind of amazing that Nick Fury is not an alcoholic. Well, he does seem to be chugging his macchiatos, so <laughs> everyone has their flaws, I suppose. That's his vice. <laughs> But yeah, the writing for this episode was so good. I was crying laughing a couple of times. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And I think Colson stole the show. Colson, bring him yeah. back. Bring him back. We're starting the chant. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. They just have to bring him back now. I mean, come on. It's the multiverse. You have to bring him back. They can't tease us like this. Teasing us like this about... Clark Gregg and then not giving us Clark Gregg will give us serious blue balls. <laughs> it's just mean. <laughs> I don't think anybody could have laughed harder watching this episode though than Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Possibly with the exception of Chris Hemsworth's wife, but laughing in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that joke about his hair being gorgeous. <laughs> you kenneth Branagh. that's for you buddy <laughs> that was right between the eyes got him <laughs> i must say the the brief moment that we saw thor he didn't say anything he did look gorgeous he looked great he looked so much better it was nice yeah. it was refreshing from original thor everybody not subsequently yes so there was this meme like ages ago about Thor, basically it was Chris Hemsworth with his golden flowing locks with the ad L'Oreal on it, all right? <laughs> and I saw this uh, joke on Reddit. Now, okay, before I say this, I need you to picture the scene from the show where Thor is standing with lightning and uh, like the hero pose and the lightning at the back and his hair flowing, all right? Mm-hmm. And just imagine this voiceover behind it. Toriel. Because that's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and I really loved the mashing together of all these movies. It was great. The little mm -hmm. bits yeah, they took was. from each one. Correct, yeah. So yeah, starting with the mashup, like you were saying here with that one shot, we start out with Iron Man 2 with Tony spending some quality time with his donuts. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, seeing Tony die once was bad enough. You didn't need to do that again, Marvel. <laughs> not, for, not right. Not right. Yeah. So instead of temporarily at least staving off the infection that Tony had, the quote-unquote antidote that they give him here kills him instead whoopsie doodle yep 
Not right. Not right. Mm-hmm. No. I object. <laughs> so noted. <laughs> and that basically leaves Black Widow essentially framed for the murder because she was the one who yes. jabbed him. Right. And Fury has full faith in her. He knows that she's not the one who actually killed him and tells her, basically, get out. Yes. And simultaneously, we have the steadfast Agent Coulson finding Mjolnir in the New Mexico desert. Mm -hmm. And we've seen now, especially based on Hawkeye, that in the different universes, everybody looks a little different. Yeah, I think that's the reason why people are looking a little bit different, because it's a different universe. Okay, yeah, and that that works fine. But man, they nailed Clark Gregg, didn't they? Oh, they did. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Overall, I think this episode, from the design perspective, it looked by far, of the three that we've seen, this looked by far the most realistic. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of realistic, Rumlow is still an asshole. Yeah, that he was. And I recognized him. I remembered his name. I am so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, I knew we'd see him because I did catch Frank Grillo's name in the credits. Okay, no, I missed that. But then when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's Romlo. You will be so proud of me. Yeah, so we actually get a little Winter Soldier thrown in here too because Black Widow is kind of taking over Steve's role in that. She gets the elevator scene, but inside the van. Yeah, pretty much. And she did it very well. Yes, she did. Fuck you, Romlo. <laughs> Just because nobody's expecting it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Way to diminish her capabilities, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another example of the great writing in this episode. It's very much in the style of the Avengers in terms of the comedy. Mm-hmm. And we get another great one here. They're trying to figure out Mjolnir. Hawkeye's explaining this to Fury like nobody can pick it up. Neither can Jackson, and he does CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm always happy when shows or movies find a way to shit on CrossFit because it's ridiculous. And as they're keeping an eye on Mjolnir, we get our first glimpse of Goldilocks. Yes, we do. And it's pretty much a glimpse because he dies very, very quickly. Yeah, and this time it's Hawkeye that's framed for Thor's murder. Yeah. And he is understandably pissed off and confused because he never misses not only that but he doesn't even understand that he shot it yeah exactly yeah he doesn't know how he did it so fury has no choice here he's got a lot clint up in a cell and this was my favorite of the murders because this is the perfect locked room mystery you know this is an episode of Mm -hmm. sherlock (laughs) yeah so clint gets murdered in his cell And nobody went in or out. Did you have any idea what the hell was going on at this point? No idea. I didn't have a clue. And I loved it. Yeah. And before we can go any further, we have to go to the morgue first so we can continue uh, just throwing compliments at Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) (laughs) Just hurling them left and right. Yeah, even while rotting, he smells like lavender. (laughs) Now, I do take some issue... With this one, I imagine that Mr. Hemsworth smells absolutely delicious. But Thor, I gotta wonder about that one. Maybe it's an Asgardian thing. Maybe, but we know from watching Loki that they don't have candy on Asgard. Do you really think they have deodorant? No, I meant maybe their the body decomposition chemical reaction makes it smell like lavender. Oh. 
Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that is what happens specifically to Chippendales. (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe, you know, when someone is in love, everything about them is absolutely wonderful. And Colton clearly was in love. He's cheating, though. He's being disloyal. Yes. Yes. Steve would be very unhappy. (laughs) There is one true love. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I think Colson has successfully defined a new sexuality. (laughs) I think he's Avenger sexual. (laughs) I mean, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, if this version of Colson is bi or gay, great. Yeah. I feel like his password has him leaning that way. So, yeah. Yeah. And plus him having a crush on Thor, short-lived, but nonetheless, yeah, it's possible. Short-lived Thor, not the crush. And now we come to what I thought was another surprise. We're calling back to, of all things, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, when I saw Betty Ross, I groaned. (laughs) Yes, Liv Tyler was less than useful in that movie, we shall say. That is putting it very kindly. Yes. For more on that, do see our Incredible Hulk episode, especially if you feel like you need to either watch or rewatch that movie after this episode of What If. Save yourself the time and aggravation and listen to our episode instead. Yes. At least you will be entertained. Yes. You'll feel many things after coming out of that movie. Entertained is not one of them. It certainly helps with one thing. If if you have low blood pressure, it will normalize it. <laughs> so unlike her big screen counterpart, this Betty Ross actually serves a purpose. Yeah. She's not just there for Edward Norton to make googly eyes at. So it turns out she's helpful by discovering that Tony wasn't killed by the antidote. In fact, the antidote never even reached his bloodstream. It was some kind of projectile that went through not just any projectile she specifically says and even though of course it had to be but it's you know hearing the words tiny projectile Mm -hmm. and it still didn't hit me yeah i don't think anyone was expecting that second watch i was like oh my god this was like glowing red at this point (laughs) but that's a testament to the writing and how quick everything is too yeah doesn't give you time to process So Widow discovers that Dr. Banner is on the premises and not just any Dr. Banner. Yeah, this was our Bruce. Yes, the true. The true Bruce, not the stupid one in The Incredible Hulk. I think Mark Ruffalo would be pleased with this episode because they definitely gave him muscles that he does not have. (laughs) But I think his voice acting was very good. He did a good job. Yes, they all did. I could just hear Richard E. Grant screaming from somewhere. They gave him muscles in the cartoon and they wouldn't give me any in real life. (laughs) Hey, maybe in another What If episode he has muscles. So we leave Dr. Banner for a little bit. Gotta head back to New Mexico because something's a rumbling. Yeah, so Colton is back from his coffee run and uh, (laughs) we get to see uh, the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, and... I thought this was a very interesting spin on Loki, too. Mm -hmm. Instead of coming to Earth to manipulate his brother, kill his brother, this time he is here 
to avenge his brother's murder because obviously Heimdall would have seen what happened. Yeah, but let's be honest, that was just an excuse. You know, I'm not sure if it was an excuse at the time or if he realized after being there a couple of days, like, oh, maybe I'd like to take over this place, you know? I don't know. I feel like he wanted to take over under the pretext of avenging his brother, but he was willing to give Fury that time to fail. Maybe. I don't think it really matters. Not for this episode. It was just, this episode was just pure fun. Mm -hmm. As evidenced by the interruption of Loki's monologue. (laughs) 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 And this is such a great exchange between Fury and Bruno. She lets him know what's going on there. Fucking General Ross has just shown up. What are you dealing with? Space Vikings show off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has to one-up her, right? He is Director Fury after all. This is true. So we get a lot of great, like, intercutting here. And we see, just like in The Incredible Hulk, Ross and his minions attacking Hulk. Whether Betty's there or not, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and in this case, it wasn't Ross's people who shot Bruce. Right. But nonetheless, that was the catalyst for his transformation into Hulk. And at the same time, Loki has his casket of ancient winters and he decides to go trigger happy. (laughs) That's a good word for it. (laughs) Yeah, and it was cool to see this again because I always felt like that was never quite used to its full potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'd never really, even though he stays, you know, in his normal form here, we don't see him as a frost giant, but that also hasn't ever really been explored. So that was a cool callback. Yeah, that's true. But what's cooler is Hulk blowing up like something out of the fucking Wonka factory. Yeah, that was very unexpected. Uh, Would you care to share the text message you sent me yesterday? That was in confidence. Put it this way, folks. Amy sent me a text message with particular wording that made me think my phone had had a stroke and mixed her up with my husband. Yes, and said wordings were, Hulk's titties are huge. (laughs) (laughs) And that was never a sentence I ever thought I would say or think. No, no. And I have to point out here, the cultural agreement is broken. There is no way those pants still fit. Not happening. Which is why he exploded into a giant fart. (laughs) Oh God, I don't want to think about Hulk farts. Jesus Christ. It would kind of look like that, a cloud of green. (laughs) Pretty sure all the people around there, all those soldiers, must have had carbon monoxide poisoning. (laughs) So once Loki is done with his little demonstration here, Fury is trying to negotiate, you know, don't worry, I'll hand you over the murderer. You can have your pound of flesh. And here we get another one of my favorite lines from this episode. But I require the entire corpse. (laughs) Yeah, so see, here's the thing I have a problem with. (laughs) Loki doesn't know that particular phrase, which is understandable. He shouldn't have understood the term pound because that's an American thing. I was just about to say, but he knows pounds, at least in currency. But oh, no, that's a British thing, not an uh-huh. Asgardian thing. <laughs> it's still funny. It's funny, yes. And since we're being typically Loki level dramatic, he has till sunrise. Yes, he does. 
And I must say, Lady Sif, even in animation, looks absolutely wonderful. So trying to expedite things since they only have overnight to deal with this. Natasha is trying to uh, hack into the Avengers files, but it's a no-go. So need your password, Colson. Yep. I must say, <laughs> as funny as the password is, it's certainly more secure than password. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy? I'm not very happy with you. Tony should have made Colson his head of security instead of happy. Yeah, he would have done a better job. And even here, we see her pull up Janet Van Dyne's file on the screen. And it still didn't hit me. Oh, I missed that. Yep. Yep. She's one of the files. I also, okay. and, and part of it's just because he's an old man. Mm-hmm. And they put serial killer in my mind. And you don't really see old man serial killers, you know, with the exception of the Golden State Killer. You know, they're caught a lot younger. All the famous ones were caught, you know, much, much younger. So it just never even entered my mind that this could be an old man. Well, that's true. Yeah. So just as Black Widow is figuring things out, she's suddenly assaulted by an invisible force. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought maybe they're introducing some new character. I had no idea. For a second, I thought about Ghost. But it's been a while since I've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I'm like, wait, was she invisible? Or was she just like back and forth between form? I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Now, on first watch, when Natasha leaves that message for Fury, and he even listened to it and played it several times, I swear I heard it's all about Hulk. Okay. See, this is why you need to have subtitles on. Have you learned how to do that yet? No. Okay. All right. Look, I just figured out how to jumpstart my car this morning. Okay? Give me a break. Every time we speak... (laughs) Every time we speak, I wonder. (laughs) It's good, though. I'm glad I heard it that way because it kept the twist intact for me. And honestly, even if I had heard Hope, I don't know if I'd have figured it out even then. Yeah, pretty sure you wouldn't have because it didn't (laughs) occur to me either. Yeah. So one more Avenger down. Black Widow is dead. Fury doesn't have any options left. Or does he? Hmm. So that's where he goes to his emergency pager. But then the answer dawns on him. We don't actually see him send the message. He he just throws Captain Marvel's beeper back into the glove compartment. Yeah. And he heads over to Loki's ice castle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great line to either make a pact with a god or a deal with the devil. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if Loki made friends with Elsa there. (laughs) i mean superman could be in there too looks like the fortress of solitude true yeah and fury meets the destroyer and this is where we get a proper look at the destroyer and i must say he looks more realistic here in a cartoon than he did in the first storm movie i would agree you're listening (laughs) brana you're listening (laughs) so we cut away to the next day and did you have any doubt that this was Fury when he first showed up at the grave? At first, no. But the moment he started fighting, I knew that wasn't him. I knew yeah. it was Loki. Yeah, he's a little too spry for a man with a corner office. 
Yeah, and then the icing on the cake was that flip. Yeah, definitely. But there were some hints in the writing too. So it's Hope Van Dyne's gravestone that they are at Mm -hmm. that Fury heads over to because in this universe, Hope was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who was killed in Odessa two years before. Yeah, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Indeed. Now, what I like is that they kept her Hope Van Dyne it kind of adds a little bit to the story because it tells us that there was still a major rift between her and her father. Mm-hmm. Right. And he probably must have not been happy with the fact that she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's why he's taking it all out on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, makes sense. So the first clue that this is actually Loki as Fury is when Fury asks if Hope was an agent. On first watch, I thought he was just screwing with the old man. Mm-hmm. Right. I do think that Fury was on with Loki with the Bluetooth uh, headphone. He may have been or like just gave him some files to look over the night before because he also refers to Tony as Anthony Stark. Uh-huh. Possibly, yeah. So that was another little giveaway. Unless, surprise, it's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> and I wouldn't say no to more Sam Rockwell also in the MCU. Bring him back. Yeah. I would not have been happy with that. And I think Sam Rockwell can continue sucking on his lollipop wherever he is. Oh, I would love more Justin Hammer. I freaking love Sam Rockwell. (laughs) I do want to point out here, though, I found myself laughing. It's probably in poor taste. But I feel like Hank Pym looked more like Kirk Douglas than Michael Douglas. (laughs) It still works, though. (laughs) I mean, it works, and he looks like he's got some serious dark circles and oh, yeah. uh, unkept hair and all of that. He's he's unhinged. Oh, yeah, and Michael Douglas did a fantastic job, of course, because he's Michael Douglas. Yeah, he is. He's fantastic in everything he does. Yeah, so Loki just has some fun with him for a little while. Just, <laughs> just mean. Just let's just screw with this grieving old man, you know? Typical. Yeah, Loki, god of mischief. <laughs> Hello, Trickster God. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Hiddleston had a ball doing this. <laughs> but not to be outdone, Hank Pym takes one look at him. What's with the goth kid? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you are so out of touch. That is not God. <laughs> well, thinking back, though, to the original Thor, I thought to myself, accurate. I think that's fair. He has the emotions of the god but not the dressing yeah. <laughs> style of the god yeah, i mean it's still plenty dramatic true and like a good goth kid in the original movie he looks like he's combed his hair with a can of shoe polish so it works <laughs> so hank pym is under wraps and that's when loki decides to extend his stay on midgard and this had me cracking up not because it's like a, a great line or anything but because the day before, I spent three hours booking my stays in various Airbnbs in hotels for my move. So I was <laughs> in a bit of a state of delirium <laughs> after that. So when I hear him like, extended stay. No, not extended stay. No, just one night. No. <laughs> yeah, and he says it so casually, like, you know, okay, I'm just going to extend my stay at the hotel. What are the extra charges? turns out these are the kind of charges you don't want to pay no no definitely not i was able to cancel the airbnb booking i accidentally made when my husband was like hey 
Don't forget, we get 10 days free lodging on base. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, there's no canceling this. No. No. And this Loki is smarter than MCU Loki. This guy definitely took a class on the geopolitics of Earth. So I'm going to take a page out of Amy's book and say, good job, buddy. You lived your dream. Congratulations. What? When have I ever said that for, a, for anyone? He wrote a stronger business plan for this one. This is not a business plan. This is a coup. <laughs> well executed one. <laughs> so, hold on. You are complimenting Loki for taking over the world? For the execution of it, he actually did it right. It was an improvement. You are complimenting a dictator. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, have you seen the world lately? Let him fucking have it. Go ahead. He can't do worse. Yes, he can. No, thank you. <laughs> we'll have fucking horns on every f building. <laughs> you know, there are people out there who think that the COVID vaccine makes you vulnerable and highly susceptible to alien abduction. I say, I've had three. Come fucking take me. I'm done on this godforsaken planet. Please, let it be true. Especially if that alien is Loki. I'll go. Yeah, he doesn't need to abduct you. You'll go chasing behind him. He'll probably push you away. <laughs> I think you're confused with me at a Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> so while the world is grappling with a new dictator, Fury has a plan and he heads over to the Arctic where Captain America is frozen. Yeah, I think it's best that he made that trip solo. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a good idea for Coulson to go with him because just as you would go running behind Loki slash Tom Hiddleston, Coulson wouldn't have given Steve a moment to breathe after being unfrozen. Yeah. Yeah, those trading cards would have been out in a hurry. Um, that or he could have licked him awake. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> I mean, he's a frozen lollipop, you know? Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Shall we? <laughs> but we do meet another captain. Indeed. Yeah, that was a nice little button on the episode. Yeah, nice cameo. I really hope we do get to see a continuation of this particular universe in the upcoming episodes. Yeah, I wonder, like, are we going to have to keep track of, like, what everyone looks like in each universe? Like, if we see Hawkeye look like Jeremy Renner again, is it going to be like, oh, this is the Captain Carter universe kind of thing? Or I guess if we see Captain Carter again, I, because... This universe had Steve Rogers as Captain America, not Captain Carter. Am I going to have to get a yarn board again? I don't want a yarn board again, Amy. I don't know. And also... I'm packing my shit. I can't bring a board out again. Well, you probably might need it for season two. So we found out some news. Season two is already in production, might be released in 2022. And uh, the creators of the show are hoping to have an annual release for What If... Yeah, I can't even think about that right now because Tuesday just broke me. I can't. After the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, let me tell you, people, I woke up to a text message Tuesday morning from my husband that said, Spider-Man trailer is out in all caps. I was fucking George Costanza when the fire alarm went off running down the stairs. I would have <laughs> mowed down children and old ladies and whatever else was in my way to get to my computer priorities yes neither of us can quite wrap our heads 
around that trailer yet. There's some fishy shit going on, though. Some strange things about Doctor Strange. Yeah, and also it is a Marvel trailer. You can never trust anything. So between that trailer and trying to keep the insanity in my life at a manageable level these days, I can't really think about future seasons of What If. Which is fine. We'll get to that when we get to that. I know I'm excited for season two already, and we still have seven episodes to go. And one of the reasons we are so excited about the rest of the series is because we got to sit down with the head writer and executive producer of What If, AC Bradley. Yeah. So that episode is coming out Thursday, so stay tuned. Yeah. You don't want to miss this one, guys. Mm-hmm. So thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. If you want to share your thoughts on episode three, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Moral Madams. And check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. I have a hair on my tongue, which I do. Oh. Damn it. You Damn have a hair on your what? My tongue. The hair tongue. on my mouth. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know whose it is. I never know.